Dear friends, there is something absolutely beautiful about dependability. Let me give you Exhibit A. Here is Exhibit A. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Now, some of you are thinking, oh, it's a station wagon. What am I looking at? Well, it's, it's not the beauty of the paint or the alloy rims. Some of you are thinking maybe it's the effervescence of German engineering. It's not that, my friends. Let me explain. This is beautiful because it's a 1999 Volkswagen Passat, which has 200,000 miles and is still purring like a kitten. Isn't that beautiful? That is awesome. Now, because I said this, it will die this week, right? And so you guys are going to be like, told you, right? And, but, but right now, it is beautiful. I brought with you also an Exhibit B. Exhibit B is this. And, and remember, you're in church, so please contain your envy. Pocket it, okay? But look at this clock. Isn't this beautiful? It is gorgeous. This clock was purchased in sixth grade, over 20 years old, and it still works. It still works. It still tells time, goes off when it should, and plays the radio. Now, maybe the style isn't the greatest anymore, but I love it. The clock works, right? Um, and maybe you can now relate to what I'm saying. Do you have any products? Do you have any things in your life that have just been dependable? Um, maybe it's a pair of shoes. Uh, maybe it's a piece of clothing. Uh, maybe it's an appliance along the way. And when something just keeps on ticking, man, is that great, right? What's true about products is also true about people. In fact, when you look at a marriage, what makes a great marriage after 25 years or 30 years or 40 years is that they've been there through good times and bad times, through it all. They've experienced what you've experienced, and they were someone you could count on and have in your life. That's true of family. Why do we like mom and dad or siblings around? Because they were there. They know you. They'll listen. They'll answer. That's a true friend as well. If you have someone when, when you're hurting and you can talk to or, or they can pray for you, that is friendship. That is something good. And I don't have to convince you that that's a blessing, right? But there's a problem with products and with people. And, and that is something we've already considered with this is that sooner or later it's going to go to the automobile graveyard. Probably Volkswagens don't go to heaven. Um, I'm not sure. It's going to wear out. And that's true with all the products that you have, um, that, that if you don't, you know, if you use them regularly, sooner or later, they're probably going to go kaput. What about people? Well, well, to talk about this, I want to bring up a book that I've referenced before called Strength Finders. Um, this is uh, kind of good on a couple levels because today we're talking about the way God gifted you. And so if you want to take this further today, um, pick up strength finders and, and you take a test and you find out just exactly how God has gifted the unique you, which is pretty cool. Um, well, I took this test and it pumps out five of the, the traits that I have and one of them was responsibility. For me, it was responsibility and that kind of just makes me feel good. Let, let, let's read the definition of responsibility. I, I love it. It says, people who are especially talented in responsibility theme take psychological ownership of what they say they will do. So these people will try, when, when they say something, to actually do it. That's good. And usually when that happens consistently, we say that kind of person is dependable, right? Well, can I let you in on an imperfection in my life? Is that all right? Can I be real with you? So it happened this past year, and I get a text from my wife. And, and this will show my wife's kindness. Are you ready? Here's the text. And it's nothing that, you know, you'll, you'll see. All right, so here's the text. It says, I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but it was your turn to do chapel at school today. I'm so sorry I had no idea. Now, can you imagine how I feel when I get this text? And it's an hour past chapel time, 
So there is no going back. I cannot like scurry over there and get there. So I just feel like a failure, right? And it's something in your stomach that just hurts and there's emotional stuff and the cloud is over and I'm just, let's dig a hole and dive right in, right? And that's how you feel because you dropped the ball. Now the good news is God is faithful and there was another pastor there who could share God's word. Isn't he good? <laughs> and sometimes God works in spite of us, not because of us, right? And that's, that's, that's my God, right? Um, but what it proves to show is that you think that, that you've dropped the ball. There's nothing worse than a pastor who fails to preach, right? And so with people, even people with the gift of responsibility will drop the ball a time or two. In fact, the wisest man who ever lived, King Solomon, who asked for wisdom and got it, he had this to say. He said, many a man claims to have unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find? And the rhetorical answer to that question is, no one. We all have gaps. We all drop the ball. We all have not been what we're considering, which is faithful. But there is one. There is one who is always there. There is one who we can always count on. There is one who always has time and energy to hear us and to answer. There is one who always gives us what is best along with every good gift. There is one who never struggles with anything too big or too massive in our lives, and his name is Jesus. We have gathered today to hear of Jesus, the faithful one. Jesus who makes the faithless faithful through faith in him. And that's a lot of faith. But do you get that? He makes the imperfect perfect because he was perfection. He is the one we've come to celebrate. And because of him, we can consider this gift faithfulness and not be depressed about it. Because of this, we can pursue it knowing we're going to fail and knowing we're also going to be forgiven. You know, I heard a great sermon this past week that said, we don't live for victory. Rather, as Christians, if you've gathered today, we live from victory. See, what you have is not yours to lose. It's already yours gained. And so now we live and we pursue something from victory today. And that's faithfulness. Knowing that our Savior already accomplished it. And so what's the true picture of faithfulness? Well, Jesus told a story all about it. Can we get into it? Uh, this is a story of when I grew up, it was called talents. Here it's translated bags of gold. Whatever the case, it's a monetary unit. And, and that's what we're going to consider. These are words that were penned by Matthew, the disciple, who actually heard Jesus speak these words. So we continue. Uh, middle of page 7. Again, it will be like a man who's going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once, put his money to work, and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Well, after a long time, the master of the servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Uh, Master, he said, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you had not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed, so I was afraid. And I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. 
See, here it is. What belongs to you? His master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. So when I returned, I would have had received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. We don't have a long time to dwell on this, but it made me pause and say, in, in God's economy, do you know the rich actually get richer and the poor get poorer? If we don't get this right? That if you have someone you put to use, what, faithful now, he can add to that. You don't use what you have, it could be taken. As much as I'll say about that. But then it says, and throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Dear friends, we know who not to be like today. The one with the one. But we're going to learn from this. We're going to learn from the bags of five, two, and one. And hopefully God will work in our own hearts as we consider this. So we continue. You know, I love getting engaged in dialogue, and I'm going to ask for someone to participate now. I was wondering if anyone is noble enough, if anyone will let me borrow their cell phone. Um, I'm going to create a hypothetical situation where, um, let's say I really need to phone someone. I'm in a, you know, in a tight pinch, and, and I don't have a phone with me. Would anyone be willing to, to again, use their cell phone? Uh, anyone, anyone, anyone? Ryan, do you got a cell phone? Does that work? I'm going to pick on Ryan, because I know I can pick on Ryan. Ryan's cell phone. Uh, it's fine, on or off. But man, this is a great cell phone. Thank you, thank you. You, you might get it back. Um, and, and so this is a, a beautiful phone. Samsung Galaxy, Galaxy 3. You know, I was reading PC Magazine. This is a top-rated phone here, and it's, it's beautiful, Ryan. And, and, um, and so I'm so thankful. And, and, and let's say Ryan's out of the picture. He doesn't know what's happening with his phone right here. Um, I, I know what he hopes that I'll do with it. He hopes that I would just maybe use it as a phone right? Uh, maybe I would call someone, you know, call someone in need. Again, that's the, my hypothetical situation. Maybe I'll call my mom or dad or maybe I'm just emotionally just, ah, I need to talk to someone. So I'm going to call someone. But I also know what Ryan probably doesn't want me to do with it, right? Um, because it's not mine, he probably doesn't want me to like smash it on the floor, right? Um, or take a hammer out and pound on it. He probably doesn't want me to use it as like a paddle in a rowboat. Um, is it waterproof though? They make those now. Is this the one? We don't really know. I don't really believe that, by the way. There's no cell phone that's waterproof. Not even the ones they say. But anyway, um, and he probably, you know, I, I love fire and I love fireworks. Um, but as much as I love fire, you probably don't want me to set it on fire. Is that a safe assumption? Right. And so what, what he wants me to do, because it's his cell phone, is to use it as it was intended to be used because it's not mine, it's his. Right? And this is a very simple illustration. Thank you, Ryan. Can we give Ryan a round of applause? This is very simple, but it is still very true that when you borrow something, you want to take good care of it, right? And that, that's regardless, and that's kind of the expectation. When, when I give you something, I hope to return it back in, in the state in which I gave it to you, if not better, and, and that's a good borrower. The first thing that, that God needs to work in us is something that we probably considered before, but we just need to dwell there a little bit, is to understand whose stuff and whose stuff we have, um, and, and, and who owns it all. Let, let's look again at, at verse 1. It says, again, it will be like a man who's going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Now, whose wealth is it? Is it the servants? No, it is the master's wealth. Another exercise. Has anyone here chosen their birthday? Like you were able to pick the day that you were born. Anyone? Okay. 
How about this? Anyone here able to pick their eye color? Like, you know how sometimes you deck things out like a car or whatever? I want Bluetooth and this and this. I would like hazel eyes, you know, the green with the blue. Or if you don't have that, or the green with the brown. Or if you don't have that, I like ocean blue. Oh, violet's not available? Ocean blue. Okay, anyone do that? Okay. What about this? Did you pick your height or your hair color? Height or hair color? Now, I was thinking some women would say it's called heels and hair dye. Um, but, but we won't go there. You know what I'm saying. Um, most of us have not picked these things. In fact, if you were able to do this, I think we'd have something we could market, right? If you could pick all those things, we would, we would have great profitability here uh, today. But rather, who picked out all that stuff? God. God did. There is one who gave you life and breath and everything else, and it wasn't you. In fact, would you just say with me, it's not mine. Could you say that? It's not mine. Yeah, that, that's so profound, but we need to, we need to understand this, this life is not mine. I didn't pick when I got here, and I shouldn't, and I won't pick when I leave. I didn't pick my body. Uh, I look weird, but that's okay. But I didn't pick it because he made it. I didn't pick my talents and abilities. I didn't pick my stuff, which sometimes we wonder about, but I thought I worked really hard, but he gave you the time, energy, ability. I didn't pick that stuff because he gave me all that, and it's not, not, not mine. I love how Luther put it. Uh, Luther put it very, very clearly in the explanation to the first article. He said, I believe God made me. He decked me out. He picked those things. Hazel, ocean blue. Gave me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my mind and all abilities. And he still preserves me. If I have life for breath or energy or ambition, I got that from God. And he daily provides clothing and shoes. And he would go on to say, and basically all my stuff, all of it is God's. And so, dear friends, we are borrowers to the largest degree. And that can change our shift in mentality of why we're here and what we're doing with what's going on when we understand it's not, not mine. But now God is kind of wondering, I wonder what they do with my stuff. And I bet he's hoping we don't light it on fire, right? I bet he's hoping we don't just lose it or throw it to the ground. So let's, let's talk more. Let's talk more. You know, you know, I love how in families... Um, you can have one set of, of family, and they can be very different, even in immediate family. Do you know what I'm talking about? In fact, this is displayed so clearly to me in my wife's family. She gave me permission to show this, uh, this photo of them. It was Throwback Thursday on Facebook. Uh, so this is Throwback Thursday Facebook. And, and there's my wife. Love the bow. Love the bow. Um, and and uh, th this is awesome. It's my sweetheart. Um, and, and, and it's amazing when I look at her family especially, they are completely different. You know, one to another, uh, they might have some similar facial features and things like that, but personality, talent, giftedness, completely different ballgame, every single one of them. But maybe you've experienced that if you're not in a clan, if you're not part of that immediate family, sometimes other people will kind of lump you all together. In fact, maybe you were in a class and the teacher knew your sister or brother and they called you by your sister or brother's name. To take it even worse, sometimes people actually wish you were more like another sibling. You know, an aunt or uncle would say, or maybe your mom would say, I wish you were more like your brother or your sister. But let's uncover that, though, those people who don't understand these differences. Why is it we cannot be more like our brother or our sister? Because we're not. Because <laughs> we're not our brother or sister. It's so simple. It's profound truth. Because we're not them, Right? We're, we're not anyone else, but distinctly us. And this is something that I thought was just, again, so comforting. Um, something to walk away with today is this. That God knows and God loves the unique you. 
You see, he's not up in heaven hoping, well, I hope they change into that guy. I hope they change into that gal. Man, if you could only be more like such and such, if you could only turn into the superstar. No, God is okay. In fact, going further, God loves the unique you. And we see that in the wisdom of the Master. He gave out different quantities, and those quantities were five and two and one. And the lesson tells us why he did that. Let's look again at verse 15. It says, As he gave five bags of gold and two bags to another, uh, one bag. And why? According to ability. Ability. Because people were made differently. And it was so awesome. Did you see when the guy with two brought him back? He said the exact same words of praise as the guy with five. He didn't say, man, I wish you could have been more like, the guy just came in with ten bags. What you doing, four? Huh? No, he's like, you were faithful with two. That's awesome. I only gave you two. And so well done. Great, great words. Same abilities. That's, that's awesome. And the comfort today is this. You are free from the pressure of trying to be someone else. Do you know that? You are free from the pressure of trying to be someone else because you cannot and because God is okay. You are free, mom, who's working hard to be the super mom who maybe you've created in your head or lives on Facebook, who only eats bran muffins and healthy food and has the schedule and gets everything done and the house is clean, and you're free from that, right? You're you, and God's okay with you. He loves you. You're free, hard worker, to be like the guy who's praised at work when you don't get the praise, or to be like who everyone wants to be at work, or, or to be like the superstar that you see on TV. You're free from that. You're free from the one who gets all the glory. You don't have to be that. You're free to be uniquely you. And guess what? God loves that you. Do you know this is something I live by regularly? Because I don't know if you noticed, but there are some pretty awesome pastors out there. There really are. And, and, and by the way, I'm thankful for that. I want the best of God's gifts to be used in his kingdom. I am so thankful that there are awesome pastors out there. But as I look at the landscape, I can't be any of them. <laughs> can't even come close. I am stuck with the unique and faulted Dustin Bloomer. And I think God's okay. Same with you. He loves you, who you are. And, and, and before I leave, I, I want to go even further. Not only does God know you, he knows your circumstances. And that can be freeing as well. You see, you will never have to explain your schedule to God. God, you know, my week was such and such and such. He knows. You never have to explain your sickness to God. Well, God, did you know about my headache? Yeah, I, I'm there. I'm with you. I know. He knows your unique circumstances on each day. And it's from that basis that there's expectation. Not something that we create but the God who knows and loves you. That's wonderful. You're not judged based on who you're not, but who you are. Not based on what you haven't been given, but what you have. That's freeing. But there is an expectation. And to talk about this, talk about the expectation, I want to talk a little bit about toys that are stuck in their boxes. Have you heard about this? This is a phenomenon that I just don't understand. Toys that never c get out and get played with but are still in their boxes. I was researching, you know, how, how um, uh, expensive some of these toys are and found some unique toys I wanted to share with you. Uh, consider this. Uh, this is She-Ra and uh, Crystal Swift. Anyone remember She-Ra? Okay. 
Anyway, well, if you still have She-Ra in the box, it's worth $1,000. That's crazy. This one applies more to me. I love Masters of the Universe, and I love Skeletor. That's awesome. I played with Skeletor growing up. And, and, and if you have this in the box, it's worth $5,000. Uh, finally, if you have Stretch Armstrong, um, you have this complete set. Um, th this is what the internet valued out. I'm not sure if you can sell it, but they said $17,000 for Stretch Armstrong set that has never been played with. But maybe you understand the problem with this, right? Toys were meant to be played with. They are not meant to stay in the box. They are meant to come out of the box. And that's why I took Skeletor and I used my Ninja Turtle ooze machine. And I remember oozing Skeletor because that's what Skeletor deserves. He's a bad guy and I'm going to play with him and he's going to get oozed. And that's what Skeletor should do. He should not be in the box. It's ridiculous, right? God has the same thing for us. God says, I have given you something and I tell you I don't want it in the box. Don't give it to me in the box. In fact, he gets mad with the servant who had it in the box. And that's, that's what we're considering. As he shows up, as he will show up someday, he is going to say that, did you use what I gave you? And so to some, he is saying today, maybe you have something on the shelf, a talent that I've given you, something that I've given you that you know you could do, and God says today, do it. Take it, use it. God may be repurposing some of us today. See, maybe some of us today come in doing a lot of our talents and gifts and we're using them on a regular basis, but maybe sometimes we use them only for me. You see, God, this is about my kingdom. This is about my glory. This is about what I deserve. And I'm going to choose when and if to use it for me. And God has other words. In fact, we see his judgment of how the one servant, in verse 26, he comes and he says, the guy who just kept it in the box, verse 26, he says, he called him the wicked and lazy servant. But dear friends, we're tempted to be like him. We're tempted maybe because we think we only have one gift to say, well, I don't know how much good it'd be, so I'm not going to use it at all. We're tempted to keep it on the shelf. We're tempted maybe just to say, this is mine for me. You know, God has the right to take away that gift then and give it to someone else. But we're gathered today because there is peace. That's the message of the cross. You see, you and I will fall down. There will be significant gaps in our track record. But God was faithful so that faithless ones could be considered faithful. Considering uh, home improvement projects, and one of the things I was looking at was uh, filling in gouges on wood. You know, how to, how to get wood back to where it's supposed to be. And it said you use wood putty. And you put wood putty in. And you sand the wood putty and you stain the wood putty. And after you use the wood putty, that brick, that plank, that looks pristine. It looks back to where it's supposed to be. Do you know you may have come today with gaps, but you don't leave with gaps. You may have come saying, I have failed God, but you don't leave saying, I have failed God, because he is the wood putty, dear friends. He has left you with a pristine track record, my friends. He has filled in the gaps, and now he says, honor me. Get to work. You're already forgiven. This is not for victory, but from victory. So get to work with what is mine. Let me pray for you today as we close. We pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for creating me as you did. Help me to joy in the unique me, not becoming insecure, envious of how you made others,
I thank you for the gifts you've given me. Now help me to put to use what is yours for your glory. Maybe it's using gifts again or repurposing the gifts already being used. Help me and bless our work. Until the time by grace we all will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. This because of Christ. Amen. Please stand.